we're started. Where should we start? <laughs> well, let's start with introductions then. Like, I'm. You, Hello, Carl. Please introduce yourself to the class. Yeah, thank you, thank you. There we go. Um, yeah, my name's Call. I tell people I'm running for president, even still to this day. Uh, going around different places in this country, been all over, and the president stuff is something where I don't care if I actually accomplish the goal. Having a goal that is so high and unachievable is going to lead me somewhere where I want to be along the way i like and it. and even if and if i can't achieve it all the better like i w- would love to be president i still want to do it and i'm still going to call you up when i get there and be like yo i got a job for you like am i going to be the ministry of war <laughs> I, Wait, I don't think you, it's called a ministry in this country and, 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 and as much as i love you steve i don't think that's the job for you bro like department of transportation i was thinking more like personal bodyguard somebody who i know and trust and then we can go from there but like i actually know a couple secret service dudes that oh, are solid oh see there we we go then yeah. yeah then i would definitely would want you because then i know okay i know who i can trust and i know who i can't trust and yeah. I know, like because it's definitely something uh i don't think politics in this country and everything is some clear line i think there isn't a problem with <laughs> i don't like left or right black and white answers the answer has always turned up somewhere in the middle even if nobody likes the answer, especially if nobody likes the answer, it's a better answer. Yeah. Like, yeah. compromise is definitely fucking needed. Oh, that, that, that's really the case. Like, I, I didn't realize. I was out here in New York, and you were raised here. You, you understand. Uh-huh. We have had to deal with both sides of the line our entire life. The, the far left, the far right, whatever you want to call it. We're the far right county in a far left state. And but but on top of that, Buffalo's fairly left. A yeah. lot of people. Did you know they vote consistently more liberal than any other city in the country? Wow. Well, unions. It, well, it's not just that though, because our unions have been shit for years. Well, the unions started it, and then you know, um, what's the best way to get somebody into religion? Have them be born in it. But. Catholic philosophy. But that's the religious is usually considered religious right. Well, it's still the <laughs> point of how do you get somebody into a certain mindset or men- mentality? If you're born into it, you're more likely to follow that your life than I don't think I could recruit you into the Marine Corps. No, okay, okay, but then we also go with what I was leading to anyway is the idea that out here, a lot of people grow up default Democrat. Yes. And and then that that's even the country boys are default Democrat for a large part. Like it's so the unions may play a part in it, but like when we get down to the brass tacks of it, like I am very fiscally conservative. Oh, yeah. Where the fuck that come from if I grew up default Democrat? It's a default Democrat, but I really do think it came out of the unions. But since, like, the 80s when the steel mills fell, because the steel mills were uh, union. Yeah. Like, all those jobs were unions. That's why my parents moved here, because my parents are from Erie. 
Uh, my dad was a union electrician and he got a great job around the area in the steel mills because of, you know, they need somebody who knows how to be an electrician and stuff. And yeah. that was a union job. I'm not sure where my dad lands on the spectrum. I knew he was against all of us going in the military, hmm. but also his dad was in the Navy in World War II. Okay, so so you also have a military background with that. Really, only him and two uncles. <laughs> That's a lot of a military background. I I have six aunts and uncles. None of them military. My grandfather, no military. This is all on my mother's side. Uh-huh. Apparently, there is military on my father's side, but not his generation. It was a previous generation. So okay. His father's brothers and stuff went into the military. Well, that would have been the World War II Korea yeah, generation yeah. anyways. So yeah, that makes be- sense because those were drafts and larger numbers. Yeah, but I don't think they were drafted. I think that was definitely like, I mean, it was definitely World War II, I'm fairly certain, for yeah. it. Um, for the age range is my assumption. Um, but that would still be... <laughs> yeah watching my cat attacks it yeah oh she, Dude, she he looks like he's ready to go she, she's watching for something out there squirrel she, she hunts like so fuck yeah like I, I i well fuck yeah until you wake up to a robin in your house two days out of the past week so like a week ago there was a robin in my house and then the next day there's another fucking robin in my house like Where's so. the robin eggs, Kitty? Come on. Oh no, there were there were two robin eggs on the floor one of the days too. Oh nice. Yeah, this cat. So she's she's she, getting after. She it. brought a mouse in the house. She's been uh, it's it's little baby mouse that just Wait, been, mouse and birds. Dude, she hunts. She is a hunter. I've like always known cats to be mouse or birds. Same here. Same yeah. here. But like I think she adopted me. I oh, went in town. Nice. So so the introduction to me. I was out in Oregon. And I drove down to Eugene one day and I got my cat. And that isn't this cat. It was another cat. And so I drove to Eugene, picked up my cat, and I get to Eugene and I'm going through my phone. And I'm in the cannabis industry and I find out one of the things I work with just didn't come through. Okay. And so that was a very costly ouch uh-huh and we're talking in the ten twenty thousand dollar range Ooh. and that was a lot of profit yeah. that, that was that was um me and my friend reinvesting and yeah that happened and i don't hold any grudges that's just people doing their jobs they're just doing what they're supposed to do still fucking sucks <laughs> like, yep. um and so i went and i picked up my cat and i sucked it up and I drove back up home, and I get back home, and I find out another 20 gone. In the same day, I lost somewhere between 36 and 40. Oh, and that's that, fucking rough. That's between me and a couple other business partners, but, like, that was a kick. And that wasn't this cat. That was my cat. I, his name is Beans. And <clears throat> Beans disappeared uh, about in October, November. I remember but, seeing that on Facebook. Yeah, but uh, my uh, when I was out there, all of a sudden this other cat that like the my next door neighbor's mother in law brought starts coming in my house. That's this one, 
and she would come in and lay in front of me at the computer, but because nobody was taking care of her, the mother-in-law was there, drugs, and then disappeared. Um, and so she just left these two cats at my neighbor's house, and she started coming over and coming into my house, and she was outdoor cat only then. And so she was hunting. Yeah, she got right. fed once a day by the neighbor, um, his wife, who wanted to take care of him, but he wouldn't let him in his house. The cats were not allowed in. I kept my window open for my cat, and then all of a sudden she started coming in. She'd lay in front of me at the computer long-haired cat she had all sorts of burrs and shit in her hair i can't just Mm -hmm. like leave a cat that uncomfortable right so i'd pick out all the burrs and everything next thing you know she had adopted me and so it was like okay then i got another cat (laughs) talk fucking hey man talk to my neighbor look i don't know what's up but if i go can i get the cat if i get the cat fixed and everything i want to adopt her then she's my cat like and so, yeah, end up with a cat, but I worked in the cannabis industry a bunch. And so you're, you're military. So I did want to bring this veteran, stuff up. former military. I'm not military anymore. 15 years removed, bro. You, you, you did your time. You're always going to be military in my mind. Ah, I understand yeah. that perspective of, oh, I'm not in, I'm not current service, but anybody who's done the service, I'm a big I love the idea of service. So, like, you, um, Starship Troopers. I love that book and movie. Service, citizenship. Service guarantees citizenship, yes. I would love that. I wish that I could have gone through even a program in college or something that was similar, whether it's, like, maybe not everybody has to see combat, everybody has to be overseas, anything like that. Right. Training program, regiment, teach... These kids now who don't have. I am for service, but not just military service. Okay. So uh, Peace Corps. Yeah. All for it. Yep. Um, AmeriCorps. AmeriCorps. Any of the. National Parks. Yeah. Like I would, if we reinvested in national parks, look at this. We, we don't talk about it ever nowadays, but everybody goes to national parks and does this sort of thing where they out there going to these places that were built 80, 90 years ago now and are still seeing a return on investment. Teddy Roosevelt was over 100 years ago. See? And wasn't he the first to set him aside? Yep. Yeah, so that was early 1900s. And if you look at the work that's done, a lot of these parks, like, I mean, we all have the Facebook that we flip through and stuff and and the videos and the shorts, TikTok, whatever you want to call it. But have you seen the videos where they're, like, cleaning off the sidewalk that used to be there and they come through and they, they just do the grass and they clean off that sidewalk that was there? 40, 60 years ago that now you can't see anymore because mm-hmm. nobody's taking care of it. Our national parks need that at the least. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, at the, for and that, those are the smaller ones that, you, that you're speaking yeah. of. Like, the big ones like Yellowstone, which are flooded and fucked. Mm-hmm. We could use like people. I mean, we could well and <laughs> yeah. Didn't that one have a yeah? Just like two, three days ago, they they were they saying I think Yell- no Yosemite. I'm sorry, Yosemite. Yosemite is closed because of the flooding because they had the washed out ten the twenty foot of snow in the mountains that had yep. just and so and it washed out those roads and a couple other weird things that happened. 
Yeah, that. so that, like, I would, well, let's go back to the service-based citizenship. I would love to see a, a minor requirement. I don't care if it's Peace Corps, AmeriCorps, anything. I would love to see that. Hey, you want to do this? Maybe we offer a benefit back as well, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't use the VA, like, uh, whatever you call it, like, going to medical thing. Yeah. Because I really don't have any medical issues. But VA home loan when I bought a home was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, the and- GI Bill. I mean, college didn't work out for me, but it was a great to have some money coming in while I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And there's different incentives that we could offer as a government to the people to do this stuff. And heck, I, I actually, another one that I, I think about quite a lot because let's be real. I said it at the start. I want to be a politician. I've always, yeah, it's what I'm good at. I'm good with people. I'm good with in between. I'm good with figuring out who can do what. I would love to see something where you go to Washington DC and participate in the process, learn the process of it. That way you would have people who are more, Hey, I came back to my hometown. I I really enjoyed that. I want to be a part of it. Like I would love that to see that going forward in our country because it would encourage participation in the system, which we do need desperately. (laughs) Like, we are lacking people for any level of government job right now. And then the people we do have are appear very inept. Appear? I'm not just talking about the current president. <laughs> no, no, no. No, but, but even just not no, just like appearance. Lo- like, they are inept. They are. Yeah, we they're have, shitty liars, too. And th- what, do you, what, what percent of them are over 50? all yeah pretty much and that what does that say about our generation is that a good thing or bad thing or is that their generation gatekeeping i think it has a lot to do with gatekeeping personally incumbency it's a big money game yep and it's hard to unseat an incumbent without boatloads of fucking cash and the only way you're going to get that boatloads of cash is by people know you're willing to play ball Yeah, I'm not not a, not a fan of that. Like, I'm not a fan of that either. And so, how do we encourage people to participate in the process? Ban money. <laughs> okay, hippie. Like, uh, not like ban it, but ban outside money. So, like, I forgot where I saw that they did it. I want to say it's somewhere in Europe, and I'm sure I'm wrong. But the theory is this, is that there's two people running for the same seat. The government gives them both X amount of dollars. That's all you're allowed to use. I've I've heard that, and there, there's been an argument for things like political bucks, political where where you can spend it only towards advertising campaigns and the like. But then we don't end up with people, whether you like him or hate him, like Donald Trump, who are willing to invest whatever they have at the age of seventy or eighty, yeah, to just try and make things better in a, in a system that's already corrupt. At least that's the way I view it. I think the best thing that I've ever heard him say was, of course the system's corrupt and fucked. I've used it to my advantage. Yep. Yep. He owns it like that, but that's the truth because the system is so corrupt where the ineptitude and the ability to manipulate the system is more powerful 
than the system itself. And to keep the status quo as that is the thing where you're going, we want to keep it this way because it just keeps lining our fucking pockets. Well, see, and that's... I don't think everybody does that. I think I think most people are in politics to do what's right by them on either side of the line. I think they're just doing what they feel is best a lot of the time. And, and we got people who disagree in what they think is best, but these people are just, they want to help. But when once you get in there, there's a quote, immortal, it's a misquote, immortal technique, you don't you don't become a part of the system the system becomes you you know like yeah you fall right in line with everybody else and that's what i hate about it mm-hmm. but that's why you need outsiders to come in every now and again and shake the whole system up like whether republican or democrat man i fucking hated george bush like I hated the push for war. I hated the, like, and now we see what used to be the party of peace, the Democrat party cheering on war in Ukraine. Like, Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I want peace. (laughs) Like I I don't care. So it's, did you, have you heard that, um, us funding Ukraine and starting up our war machine again is the thing that's preventing us from being labeled as being in a recession because our GDP is so far jacked up just from that currently. I, I, and it's going to the, just the fucking war effort to go to Ukraine, replace, because they took down our stockpile of what we had left after, you know, we ended Iraq and Afghanistan. And so we had a stockpile to be ready for the next war and, you know, train people and all that fun stuff. And, We've had to crank back up production to keep them going. Yeah. Well, I I talk about this with other people. This was a discussion on the drive down to Pittsburgh to go see Prof the other day. Uh Um, We foster our own economy by giving out loans to other countries, which are then used for our armaments because America is the armament capital of the world. We produce weapons like no other. Like and that's the push to get people into NATO. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Bring this country into NATO. Oh, you don't have NATO five five six rounds and and guns that fire five five six rounds. We just so happen to sell those. You don't want them for us. Hey, Britain sells them. France sells them. Like. No, it's like kind of a fucking racket. It is. No, it it is a racket because I don't care what we spend the money on personally. I'm you know for what book you would enjoy. It's a short pamphlety book. Hmm. It's called War is a Racket. Yeah. It, I've I've heard I've heard of it. I, I might have seen shorts on it. I do might you know not know who wrote it. No. He is a super famous Marine. <laughs> so he is one of two Marines to get two medals of honor. Oh, major general. So it's two star general when he retired and his name was Smedley Butler. Smedley Butler. Yeah. Okay. And I do know the name and I probably have, I don't think I've read, I know I haven't read the book. I believe I've Super probably seen. It's more of a pamphlet than a book. I've probably seen podcasts or something mm-hmm. of the like on the subject. And I think even directly on the book itself. Yeah. Because. I have. I also haven't actually read 
but I know a ton about um the hell's the other one there you reference war is a racket and then uh so I would reference what the fuck is it uh the stuff about the CIA confessions and, of an economic hitman. Yes, man. thank you. Yes, yes there we go. Good one. The, because that it, about that one from a hustler that, magazine that explains the leverage of war. Yes, before the racket of the arms manufacturing and trading and 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 the continuation of profit from war, it explains how we start the entrefadas in other countries in mm-hmm. order to get into the idea of war and so that to me i I follow all that that aspect of it a lot because you said it war's a racket well i think we could take that racket and do the same thing let's go to the moon let's science let's go let's dig the fucking giant deep hole into the earth to really see what's up like there's a lot of things we can throw away money at oh yeah that doesn't have to be killing each other the technology that my company does to clean soil, mm-hmm. it was invented by Shell Gas Corporation for enhanced oil recovery. <laughs> Makes like, sense. This, this doesn't work out. Like, you know, the, the concept was like if we heat up the earth, it'll loosen up the oils and they can get it to the pumps easier so it's more viscous or less viscous, whatever. Yeah, not less viscous, yeah. It's not as thick and it can pump easier. And they're like, and the amount we're getting isn't worth the amount of energy it's that we're putting into the ground versus the dollars spent for the energy. It's like, and so they licensed it out. And yeah. Someone picked it up and they're like, cool. And then someone else picked it up. And I think I, that was our my company at that point. And they're just like, we're doing this with it. Well, and see, now we'd be edging on like my conspiracy theory sort of stuff. So like James Webb Space Telescope. Yeah. We are finding out all sorts of new information that doesn't fit the current model. Yes. And I love that because I'm an electronic universe person. I've been digging into the electronic universe for years. And the the electronic universe provides predictive models of what goes on in uh, space. Mm -hmm. So, like, the, the example I tend to use with the electronic universe is we were... One when they crashed into that comet a few years back, they crashed a uh, space Japanese Hayabusa thing. No, I'm it was European Space Agency. They crashed a um, they went and they got data on the, on the comet and they were orbiting the comet and then they crashed the aircraft into it to learn more from it. Okay, um, when we went and we when we approached the comet. There was an electrostatic discharge to the spacecraft that was predicted in the electronic universe model. It was not predicted in our current models. Got it. And so the electronic universe offers a few different predictive models of that sort of stuff. And like why I mentioned to Earth, dig into the Earth, find out. I also follow uh, Earth expansion, uh, expanding Earth theory, mm-hmm. which says that the Earth was smaller and that plate tectonics, you've seen the Pangea animations where it just yeah. bounces all around and does all this on the normal size Earth. Well, Expanding Earth says that Earth as a whole was smaller a long time ago. And if you look at NOAA data, National Oceanic and Aeronautics Administration da- data for seafloor dating and literally roll back the clock on the seafloor dating, the entire Earth just 
shrinks down and gets smaller as a whole. That's it, wild. Yeah, it, all you have to do is look at the seafloor dating and literally do nothing but reverse it. Go back. And so we don't see subduction. We see minor amounts of subduction, okay. but not the whole, the old Pangea model where it bounces all over the place and different parts are rising and sinking and all this stuff. Mm, maybe there was just oceanic water on land. <laughs> like... And, and if we go back like 10,500, 10,800, or no, 10,500 and 11,800 years ago, uh-huh. we see Meltwater Pulse 1A and Meltwater Pulse 1B, which each raised the sea level around the planet by between 100 and 200 feet, so about 150 feet each one. Okay. And so that's why when you look at the continental plates, and so you see how the how that there there's continental crust into the ocean and if you lowered the sea level how certain portions would would be above water then that's if we go back 10,000 or 11,800 years they were above water that's fucking wild yeah like they're, they're not, and this stuff's proven out like this isn't this isn't conspiracy theory the the expanding earth the electronic universe those are conspiracy theory and not proven out yet but they offer solid data points but the reason i bring up all this craziness though is to say there's a lot more that we could be throwing away money at but why aren't we that's a great question because <laughs> it's because it's easier to throw it away at war because we already have the war machine built in this country um yeah it's really hard to think of a time that this country has not been at war. Yeah. Like, even during, like, quote-unquote, peacetime Marine Corps times, like, during the 70, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, it was the Cold War. Yeah. Yep. Like, minus the 90s. The 90s technically wasn't the Cold War. But even still, when I went in, in 2003, so in boot camp, like, you sing the cadences while you run, mm-hmm. the the killing cadences were about killing communists and Russians. Oh, wow. And like, we were firmly two years into Afghanistan and Iraq had just started. Yeah. And because war's a racket though, because look at we're we're, we're taking on smaller countries. Well, it wouldn't even have been a war if we actually went in to win. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. We didn't go into win. We went into nation build. I don't know why we went into Iraq. Honestly, still looking back, like, I've heard things where it's like, we did it for this, and, like, not to, like, I forget what the fuck they said was going on with Iraq. Like, what was it, weapons of mass destruction? Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they got rid of them. But we but went. When it comes down to it, like he did, stabilize that area. Yes, having Saddam there was having that a stable fucking Middle East. We went into Iraq for the same reason we killed Gaddafi in in, in where, where he was didn't Gaddafi. want to join the World Bank. It had it has to do with money. It had to do with a with a um, African backed gold gold backed dinar. Uh, an international trade currency in Africa that um, Gaddafi was trying to institute. 
that would have been backed by gold, similar to what we're dealing with with the BRICS bank right now. Mm -hmm. But right now we have no retaliatory response to the BRICS bank because of the nations that control the BRICS bank. Brazil, India, Russia, South Africa, and China. And what are we supposed to do there? Like, the, the, it, it's... China doesn't want to have a world currency, though, because it keeps their billionaires in check. But China wants to be able to trade on a global scale with countries like Africa without, have, Belt and Road. without having to do a straight leverage deal. They would like to be able to... Profit is mutually beneficial for both nations. Mm -hmm. If you can find, if you can back the investment in a mine and have the miners who own the mine and run the mine make a profit, that's good because where do they have the choice to spend the money? They spend the money on Chinese goods that are no longer being shipped to the United States. Yeah. And so... Then oh, you're just props. The name of the whole book I just read, "The End of the World Is Just the Beginning" by Peter Zion. Okay, you would thoroughly enjoy that one because this is world economics, global, um, not marketing, but like how goods and services travel around the world and how, um, oh, what the fuck is the name of it at? At the end of World War II, we basically had the world in the palm of our hand where we could have been an empire. Mm -hmm. But instead of being an empire, we said, listen, we'll control the seas and keep everyone safe. Um, and we're all just going to like get along and be part of this big global economy. Who wants in with us? Well, that's... I mean, like, that's... This is a proven thing. I can't think of the name of it. There's... There was some meeting, like we literally had it in New Hampshire, mm -hmm. like at a ski resort in New Hampshire, and that's basically the economy of the end of World War II up into the Cold War. The start the of the Cold, the Cold start War. of the World Economic Forum, and yep. um, that well, that was taking what is it? Uh, The, the reserve bank reserve banking to a worldwide aspect that was because uh do you know the beast of jekyll island how how reserve banking came out of jekyll island in i thought reserve world banking war one nixon no we're well, fed, the we federal the reserve standard because of that the, global thing the federal reserve came out of at post world war one or maybe pre 1920s Okay. Um, I don't have my timelines lined up. I can pull it all up, but that's, you know, I have the data, but I don't know the exacting. But for you military types, this is the banana war time frame. <laughs> but the, they, what we did was that was when we had a meeting on Jekyll Island. Okay. And came about with reserve currencies so we could hold X amount in reserve. And loan out X amount because that was, I'm trying to think of the name of the form of, or the theory of economic development that that is. There's a name for it. Keynesian. Keynesian economic. Okay. Um, 
and it's and it what it is is it says loan out money, give out money. If people fail, who cares? Give out the money, see if it works, and try and build more. And that's what's created our entire industrial economy and everything that we have right now is let people fail. It doesn't matter. Like, who cares if you don't collect what what we end up with by building cars in foreign countries is we end up with metal extracted from the ground that's now sitting out in public that we can just, oh, what happened to the metal? It's right there. It's in the scrapyards. It's, it's cars all around. That metal didn't come from our ground here in the United States. It came from other countries. <laughs> and so we end up with a tangible asset. They end up with inflationary currency. That's pretty fucking brilliant, actually. Yeah, it is. I'm. I'm not saying it's like not brilliant. It's fucking ruthless. Like, well, yeah. And then on top of it, now we shoot depleted uranium rounds. So, uh, salt the ground, salt the earth. Like on top of it, like we not only do we want to stop you, we're gonna stop you from making kids. We're gonna stop you from growing in the future. Salt the earth. Like, well, the, they're not used. Like against people, that's anti-armor weapons. It doesn't matter. It sits on the ground and what happens to it? Somebody uh, comes yes. along. Good point. Ten years later, builds a house over it. Yeah, and there's still mines in Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam that we're still digging up too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if, if we're just talking depleting of uranium rounds, let's say that... that you shot into the hillside and it gets buried there. And 20 years later, somebody comes along and builds a house right in front of where all those rounds landed. And they don't dig up those rounds that are buried in the hillside. That's where they plant their garden. (laughs) Yeah. So radiated zucchini is what you're talking about. Uh, Or just their kids playing in the garden, them being in the garden the entire time. Like yep. it, 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 it's it's the salt the earth of the current era. It, it do you know the term salt the earth? Yes, the so biblical term. Spread the salt across the land so that they cannot grow anything on it, and you won't die, but your children aren't going to live very long. There we go, and and it's so like I know the salt the earth theory. It it's for what we see going on right now. There is like the next crisis of war is not what we're going through right now with Ukraine. What, what, what that is, is corruption, corruption intensified to a war. The next true war is between the Muslim world and Muslim countries that treat certain people, certain ways. Mm -hmm. And the Western world who disagrees with those treatments China isn't going to back up the Muslim world. We see that with the Uyghurs. Yes. But the Muslim countries are not going to give that up easily. Like, they're not Saudi Arabia. They're not westernized nations. And so the next big fight, war, because we have westernized Muslims in the United States that don't practice any of those things. Right. But there are nations around the world that still hold those values and are not going to give them up easily. So that's the true next conflict of morality that I foresee coming. But that that that's 
very different from this corruption <laughs> corruption based system where we're where we're fighting over whether it was wrong for Russia to come in and like hold the power fist, you know, like literally go, Nope, this is what we're doing. We're we don't have a problem. We'll fucking bomb. We'll fucking do this shit. Fuck you guys. You guys have been pushing our buttons too long. The weird thing is, is they're not being like as big evil as you think. Like they're behaving the way we behaved in Iraq and Afghanistan. I'm actually, I I think we need to shut the fuck up about I Russia think and they're Ukraine. Shittily fucking um, whatever you call it. Uh, you know they're supplying their own troops very shittily because they have the GDP of Italy mm -hmm. for the largest landmass in the world, and you know we're pretty effectively ruining them economically right now. Yeah. So, you know, that's doing something. And so they're just buying back their arms that they sold to China 30 and 20 years ago. Oh, see, I'm, I, I think they have tech that they haven't even started to roll out. I'm sure they do, but they also don't have the economics to push it out in any meaningful numbers. Well, that's because their populace is against the the war for lack of a better term but i i agree with what russia did because we've been standing there like you have two brothers one of them's poking the other one keeps poking them yep keeps poking them stop poking me stop poking me yeah <laughs> like that that's what i that is exactly how i envision this russian conflict in Ukraine is the West keeps poking Russia. And, and the, you're talking about the NATO expansion. Yeah. yeah. And the NATO expansion. Well, and on top of it, I'm directly speaking of our influence and manipulation of Ukraine in this aspect. Like, do you know about the 2014 stuff with Ukraine? <sighs> Not as well as I should. Victoria Newland, who is now Obama's, or I'm sorry, uh, Biden's something or another. She's in the Biden the administration. Name, yeah. She was caught on a phone call talking about overthrowing legal elections. Smart. With Victoria Newland, and the guy's name is Pyatt. So you can YouTube it. Newland Pyatt conversation, and you will hear them talking about overthrowing the legal elections in Ukraine in support of the European Union in order to continue this corruption that, that was pulling Ukraine towards the West and the EU. Like, uh. and so is that the, you said smart, and that's the thing is, I kind of agree. But the question is, what is the appropriate action? Is the appropriate action the subterfuge where we go in and we try to buy people off and, and, and slowly win them over? Or is it what Russia did where they go, no, you're not taking from us what has been traditionally and historically ours, traditionally Russian-speaking peoples, fuck you, here's the line in the sand. Mm -hmm. neither is a, is a proper way of going about it, but we're talking about world wars and countries. Like if it's not subterfuge, it's going to get the action. What is going to being honest? Like it, 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 what the Western world has done is not an honest way of going about 
gaining Ukraine's trust. What Russia's doing is an honest way of going about claiming what they feel is theirs, but it's not moral or just. <laughs> right. Everyone else is against them. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's this complicated question. I find the subterfuge to be antagonistic to a point of warranting a response. Mm-hmm. So that's why it sucks what Russia's doing, but it's like, what the fuck did you expect? You keep poking the bear for so long and you're surprised when the bear gets angry. Yeah, that's <laughs> what they do. And so what do we do? How do we create a peaceful world? Because then at the same time, I don't want a one world government. I don't want a one world government either. I thoroughly enjoy variety and other cultures. But then we have the other question that goes right in hand with that one, which is, do we want a unipolar world? I don't know if I want unipolar, but I at least want shades of gray. Okay. But right now for the past world, since world war one, we've had a unipolar world. We have had mm-hmm. America on top period. Yes. And so well, I don't know if I'd go back to world war one with that. I'd go back to whenever we cranked up our industrial production, which I would say was around World War I. Post-Depression, maybe. Yeah, I'd go with Depression time frame when we started cranking things back up with public works, which again brings us back to <laughs> yeah, doing something for the greater good, not just yourself. Well, and, and yeah. to wrap... Service guaranteeing citizenship. Well, and to wrap all this in, it, it, it's what is the the turning of the ages or whatever strong men create good yep. times good times create weak men weak, weak men, men create, create hard times hard <laughs> and, times create strong men and Here it, we are <laughs> and so it does seem like there is a cyclical nature to what's going on and everything i believe i've heard it's an 80 or an 84 year cycle yeah where there's Basically, it's something big like World War II happens and then like it mellows out like, you know, it looks like a sine wave up and down. And it's like an 84 year cycle of like hardship to good times and then back into that. Yeah. And like by that standard, we're about at it because World War II is in the 40s. Mm-hmm. And and well, let's let's link this in with the conspiracy theory stuff that I was talking about. If we're if we're getting through all this, it takes about sixty years, or it did take about sixty years for anything that was well hidden, a conspiracy, to come out public view. Yes. And so we're about up on time on JFK. And they keep hiding that one still i believe yep they they do they won't release it because our own government did it like however we want to look at it the government held a hand in it probably but at the same time russian disinformation was happening back then yeah they were smart enough to just say plant those little seeds in places and say oh it was this oh it was this oh, it was this, and smart enough to, like, 
put a couple things in there to like give you those seeds. I think that one is so fucking muddy. I I I I don't. But how much do you know about LBJ? I know his name. Dig into more about LBJ yourself. And I know he was like really. So, read about JFK's like handshake theories. No, I haven't. So basically, like he really studied handshakes. Okay. And like how to give a good handshake so that like people would trust you because it's like first time meeting yeah. foreign dignitaries, stuff like that. So like really good, solid handshake, not too hard, not too soft, really in there, like everything yeah. about it. Like he really studied handshakes. And LBJ is a lot taller than most people and like mm-hmm. Texan and like would try and stand over them and intimidate them. But because of JFK's what happened to his back in World War II when, I don't know what it was, maybe it was PT boat sank or something, but he basically had an injury where his back was stiff. And mm-hmm. It appeared he wouldn't cower to LBJ. <laughs> so, like, when he shook his hand, like, he was there, like, stiff. But he's also a fucking World War II Navy veteran. Why was he going to back down from me? Like, the man should have died. Yeah. Like, yeah. back then, he's like, I'm not afraid of death, and I'm fucking Marilyn Monroe. Fuck yourself. Well, LBJ is known uh, it could be considered conspiracy it could be to have hit squads in texas even before uh yeah lbj was not a good man he got a lot done clinton in texas he's fucking ruthless this man was fucking ruthless but that being said like he did pass civil rights stuff do you know why he passed the civil rights not a clue in the world he was sending his drivers down to Texas for him, and they would get stopped and wouldn't be able to do things. Who were his drivers were black, oh. and so he would send them down to Texas, and they would get stopped, bothered. He wasn't able to do things. This is documented. This part is anyway, and so that was part of his reasoning. He, he got tired of them being stopped and harassed just because they were black and doing their job, like. <sighs> Yeah, LB, LBJ was, like, he got a lot done because he was a strong-arm, ruthless cunt of a man. Like, he was mean. He was ruthless, and he understood power and how to leverage and get things done, which is how he got the civil rights bill through. He didn't get it through by smiling and shaking hands. He got it through because people knew you don't cross him. And so it's it's definitely a, and and that doesn't even get into his ties to organized crime or anything else. So so I'm a conspiracy theorist, and so I typically ask people: Was JFK killed by a lone assassin named Lee Harvey Oswald? As a Marine, I'd I'd like to think he was because Lee Harvey Oswald was a Marine. Lee, Lee, I'm just like I mean I believe he could pull off those shots somebody could yeah lee harvey oswald also had ties to cia and russia and russia and so it wouldn't surprise me if he could pull off those shots but that's why i also said lone gunman because that was also the push by the the different angles of the bullets impacting also well well not even just that but it was pushed that it wasn't through his ties to the CIA or his ties to any of the governmental organizations or Russia that, that, that caused him to do it. He did it on his own. He was just a crazy man shooting people. 
Like, mm, yeah, I, I, I it, it, not a lone gunman. Like he, he might have been a lone, but it doesn't mean that he was not incentivized to to attempt this. And so, anyway, about it, I don't believe that the story that is accepted as the truth by the federal government is the true story. I mean, that's a smart thing to do anytime they give you a story. <laughs> so so we've talked about all this stuff. Let's talk about some, some of this other stuff here. Otherwise, we're just going to go like deep. You know, I could just go conspiracy theory, but... I'm so, okay with that, though. Well, let's bounce around a bit. I want to push for this. We can go back to conspiracy theory, but let's... So I work in the cannabis industry. Good. I was hoping we'd go. Okay, here. cool. And so with working in the cannabis industry, what I'm, I, I have friends out in Oregon. Go ahead. I don't care. Um, I have friends out in Oregon who work directly with specific portions of the cannabis industry. So like some of my friends came back from war. Okay. Military experience, Iraq have ptsd and so they've been looking for specific strains specific terpenes and, and specific patterns that help them sleep that help them overcome this stuff and that's both in the cannabis and now psilocybin um magic mushrooms and stuff yes and so like i i have a lot of interest in this i've uh worked specifically with extraction so my my ex my knowledge base is a lot in the oils and the extracts in the industry and so i don't know how much you know about that stuff very minor but it, it, it's the concentrates which can cause different um different actions interactions and so this is this is a bruce banner concentrate and so oh, god the concentrates are are much more intense in their smell, taste, flavor, and and you can do and those are dabs, I believe. Yeah, dabs, dabs, oil. Um, there's nine million different names for it, but it's all processed, mm -hmm. and each name means something specific and different. But now, okay, I do have a question about it. So it's processed, and that's one of the things. Like personally, I don't do it i've done it a few times since getting out and uh it just doesn't mix with me yeah i get that and that's basically all it comes down to um so the thing i've always respected about it is that you know it it's minimally processed it comes out of the ground it just grows so what's the process <laughs> like is it like process like oh they process it like coca leaves come well, out of the ground and it becomes cocaine once you add all these other chemicals to it or is it just like I saw some of them online where somebody was like pressing buds with some like perforated paper into this other thing. And it was, that was coming out. Like, is that, yes, the process, that that's what's known as rosin Okay, is when it's just a pressed, um, product and sorry, getting cotton mouth and I haven't even smoked. <laughs> that's okay. We, but, you've been like straight going at the microphone like you were Teddy Roosevelt back in the like train days. And, like took a bullet, kept talking. Don't give a shit, bro. Like yeah, you should have cotton mouth. <laughs> but but this uh, 
there's different forms of processing. One of the first ways that they were processing in large scale was CO2. CO2 would be pushed through the dried plant and you would end up with um, a, a liquid, for lack of a better term. Okay. Um, it, it would be... So is this CO2 vapor or liquid coming through it? It, it was super critical CO2, so it would be... Um, like a cryo? More of a liquid. It, it was very cold. Yeah. Um, and it would come out as an extract and you would get a couple of crumbles, and then you could also process with butane. Ugh. It's not because butane is lighter than air, and it and it mm. doesn't exist at like room temperature. We're not getting like butane in our breathing, right? You can process it with butane, and everything. This is this is processed with butane, but it doesn't smell at all like butane, taste at all like butane. Yeah. All the butane is gone from it, and that can be proven through lab testing. That being said, it, it is, you're just doing, you're sending it through the product, sending it through the marijuana, sending it through the... So it's similar how do they, how they pull uh, seed oils out of seeds yes. with hexane. Yes. It's actually exactly the same. Okay. And, Which and I'm also against seed oils, just so you know. I'm, not a, I'm learning about seed oils, and I am not a fan. Yeah, the more you read, the more you go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I've been poisoned my whole life. Yep, yep. Well, you know the saddest part is huh? how much I love chicken finger subs. <laughs> well, I love deep fried foods. We can still do chicken finger subs and deep fried foods. You I just, just have to cook it in beef tallow now. Beef tallow, um, well, butter. I mean, as long well, as... Well, that's not so good for, for um, deep frying. Like, beef tallow okay. is actually good for beef... For, I, I have no clue about frying. deep frying, honestly. Is is it's not... what they used before seed oils. Okay. I, I know that they used beef fat and large and tallow, um ghee. Yeah, that's clarified butter. Yeah. And so like I know that they use that sort of stuff. I didn't know I've never been big on deep frying, to be honest. It's never been something that's like up on my list. I mean chicken wings, chicken fingers, pizza logs. I, I the normal ones. My my favorite for chicken wings, we're we're from around here. You send them through an air fryer. Yeah. Like but I'm talking the four stair pizza ovens where you oh. send them through like four or five times and you just get this. So like one of the conveyor belt ones? Yeah. Yeah. And you just get this beautiful crispness to them that you don't get. And then they're dry and they're fried still. Like, oh, oh that's the way to do it. Like, <laughs> uh, So when I, one of my first jobs after I got out that I was fired from, because you should never hire someone just out of the Marines to be a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was working at EBC, and uh, Duper got me the job because he's friends with yeah. my brother. And uh, uh, I'm like, you know what would be amazing? He's like, what? Bacon-wrapped chicken wings. So he oh. made, like, five or six, just like he did it once. Yeah. But, but he had to, like, par make the wings and then put the bacon around it So because, you know, they, they cook it different mm -hmm. speeds and temps. But it was fucking amazing. And see, actually, now that you say that, that actually would be a plausible thing to do. 
with uh the air fryer especially yeah. the oven you could send the chicken wing through and cook it by sending it through like four like three four times then wrap and it then in. wrap it and oh, then just do it once through so oh, so we might have to try that one here in the future because on top of it we need someone with a pizza oven. well if also if you did it right you'd be able to pop those bones right out and just pull them out so then you'd have a bone boneless actual chicken wing not 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 in the boneless wings i am on board for this and then yeah oh yeah oh, this, yeah. this is like a nine out of ten when you said it i'm like yo there's something that ain't been done <laughs> like oh yeah and, and then oh you could take it as well put throw on some like barbecue sauce or whatever and then either throw them right on the grill real quick fuck yeah <laughs> dude you could probably charge an arm and a leg for it and it wouldn't be that, that on much the grill more. people are like why would you grill a wing don't you deep fry them i'm like no you grill it after you put the sauce on because it caramelizes the sugar yep. on yep oh yeah dude i'm gonna have to do this i've been talking about uh food truck ideas with a few other friends and man Ooh, yeah well i'd really like to do one but like we looked at the numbers let me ask you a question what's the best food truck you've been to because I know you've lived other places than here where we have two. There's okay. The, well, there. I gotta say, there's different food trucks for different things. I, one food truck I would go to you out lived in Portland, um, right? I uh, lived in Bend, Oregon. I I, I shortly okay. lived in Portland after high school. Wasn't for me. Okay, like at all, not my thing. Bend is in Central Oregon. I know where it is. My best friend is from near there. Okay, yeah. There's Bend, Redmond, and then there's yeah. Lapine, which is south of Red or south of Bend, and then north of Redmond there is Madras. And so, if if your friend lived near there, they're probably one of those towns. He would always just say, "I'm from near Bend." Oh, okay, yeah. It's a tiny town called Gilcrest. Gilcrest, okay, yeah. It, the Gilcrest is a very tiny town. Yes, yeah, that's where he's from. Okay, uh, well, I lived in Oak Ridge, which was um, uh, in the mountains outside of Lapine. It's in between Lapine and Eugene. We actually know someone who lives in Bend now. Uh, yeah, my cousin Donnie. No, <laughs> oh, not her. Only him, uh, Emily Ketty. Oh yeah, Emily does. Yes, she does as well. Yeah, she she loves the hiking, mountains, all that, and ultra running is what she's doing. Oh my god, that's insane, dude. She's a fucking badass. Yeah, don't get me wrong, it is badass, definitely. Just I'm not. I'm a pick up and carry heavy things guy. I'm not like me too. I'm not. I'm not a runner. I'm not like. Oh no, I like swimming. I, I don't mind rowing, but. Pick up and carry heavy things, yes. Uh, <laughs> like, when I was in the Marines, I was referred to as a six-mile Marine, and that's because I ran six miles a year. Mm. I ran my three-mile PFT twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> I did six fucking miles a year, and I was very happy at that. Yeah, I've never been a runner, man. Also, like, if you look at me, you'd be like, fuck yeah, that kid's like a PT stud. Like, <laughs> I could do my 20 pull-ups score up perfectly there do my 100 crunches score perfectly there when it comes to the run time 28 minutes is the fucking drop dead time you fail 27 45 27 50 i'm like fuck yeah it passed <laughs> yeah yeah I, 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 that's well getting to bring that stuff back to the service citizenship like service yeah. for the country I think that having physical requirements and all that stuff, I think they should. I would love to see people doing that because, man, I would have loved for, like, there to be some sort of summer program when I was in college 
to go and volunteer and do stuff with. Even if it's here, we're in the woods at a national park, go pick up sticks and clean up the forest. Make the walking trails beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would love something like that. But I also realize I'm a giant compared to you. This ain't, this ain't being recorded. Like I do my podcast or anything. So, so people can't tell, like, I'm a we'll get a fucking, picture. Of oh you. yeah, of course. Like, but you like, can pick the picture, or we can take one together. Like, <laughs> but, some people are like, "Oh yeah, he's way bigger." Yeah, and so I always wanted something for the people who are out of shape, unhealthy, that sort of stuff, to go and help. Because man, I would have signed up in college; it wouldn't have been any problem, and I would have been much better shape to be able to do this and especially a continuing volunteer-based program i probably would have continued for many years to do it because i want like i want to be a politician i like the idea of service anytime i went in and talked to military around college they just looked at me and went yeah okay they're like <laughs> dude lose a person and wait yeah like and, and i get that but well, it's fucking messed up because height weight standards I was technically overweight when I was in, but I had a first class PFT. So they're like, whatever, you're fine. But like, yeah, so 5'9, I think it was like under 170 is what I should have been. I'm like, I'm like, absolutely not. The only time I'm in the military when I was under that weight was graduating boot camp and I looked like a fucking Holocaust survivor. Like, if I were to show you that picture, you'd be like, from graduation day standing by my mom and my senior drill instructor you'd be like dude like eat a fucking cheeseburger and I did immediately and you're very average in build average in yep. size um i'm six foot three and like i've always been i don't i think always in high school even i was always over 300 pounds i could see it like and so I think who was our biggest varsity wrestler, Chris Raymond? He was yeah. like two seventy? Yeah. Bigger than him. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I would I would love the opportunity to do something where it was like, no, here, like heck, let's reference China. China has programs for everybody in parks and everything. They have public uh what is it? Tai Chi? Yes. And so there there's programs like this in other countries and if you look at america we're just getting fatter and lazier mm-hmm. i'm not okay with that like as a fat lazy guy i'm not okay with it i think it's okay if you're fat i don't think it's okay to be lazy and stupid well and that's I, where i have a problem with people is i see so much stupid lazy I, I, I'm not okay with the being fat. And this is not for myself. This is not for whatever. I would mm-hmm. rather be in better shape. Well, that yeah. isn't why. I'm not okay with it because I do foresee in our country a time when we do have some sort of universal medical care. I would prefer that because then they would realize that the current standard of care is fucking bullshit. Yes. And, and if it's we, just a waste of money. But if we have that... I don't want to be paying for everybody else who chooses to be fat and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I under like I'm I'm somebody who would be like, 
okay, you're allowed one vice, you know? Like, Ooh. when you go to your doctor, you can have your one vice. Pick it. What is it? Like, you know? Ooh, I like that theory. Because That's a fun concept. Everybody, you should be allowed. Everybody okay, has a vice. Yeah, like, okay, so we're still going to cover you, but you can't be an alcoholic and a smoker. Like, we're, we'll oh, still cover you. Turn some heads. Yeah, but you can't be a pothead and fat. Like... Which brings me to an interesting question. Yeah. Do you think marijuana is a performing enhancing drug? Oh, hell no. Um, I could argue that it is for one specific sport. I can argue that it is, but I don't feel it's any performance enhancing drug for any sport because because of the breathing aspects. I could argue that it is for one specific sport that heavily promotes performance enhancing drugs bodybuilding i i could i can see the argument there's a solid there's probably the argument is it helps you choke down the amount of food that they have to eat oh so like they're eating a lot very bland like Mm -hmm. boiled chicken and rice with broccoli or asparagus because asparagus helps them like lean out the skin, yeah. like it's a diuretic of some sort. Yep, so like yep. you can see the muscle striations easier, and it's a natural pain reliever. That, that that's that's more where I would have gone with it. Um, relief of tension. So yeah. like after lifting and everything, your recovery time I would expect might be shorter, mm-hmm. especially like let's say with a high dosage of something that is that has a lot of pain relief terpenes or relaxation. Um, terpenes are the specific flavonoids, I guess is a good good way to put it. Okay. So, so like you've heard of marijuana that gets you uppity bouncy, like typically what people consider a sativa. Okay. And that's an uppity, happy, bouncy, fast paced high. And an indica is the mellow, relaxed, slow, sleepy, mm-hmm. um, to me, those things don't exist. Indica and sativa, there's no genetic difference that those ever existed. There's no genetic proof that they ever existed. What I would define that as is family traits. Okay. So there are family traits in pot. Some families are sleepy. Some families are energetic. Some families are these different ways. Indica and sativa don't exist on a genetic level at pot in marijuana at all. There's scientific studies of that. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And so th- that, that it was where that came around from was in the 1970s. Do you remember the beanstalk experiments where some of them are tall and thin and some of them are short and fat? No, but I know Be- what you're talking about because I've seen plants. Okay. Well, they just kind of assumed that the short fat ones were the indicas and the tall skinny ones were sativas it sounds like plant racism yeah with without any genetic evidence or anything and i'm not saying that certain plants don't carry those certain characteristics which is why i equate them to family traits okay. because you can carry that on in the lineage of the plant the plant has babies they are usually similar to the parents of the plant And so that sort of genetic lineage. And so I think you could through bodybuilding, like let's say you ate a bunch of edibles that 
Um, we're, we're strong for relaxation and um, really helped your muscle relief type stuff. And so I think you could choose the medication that would cause shorter recovery times, for instance. Mm -hmm. So I can see the argument for a performance-enhancing drug, but at that point, if we're making that argument that marijuana is a performance-enhancing drug... Like I said, it's only for that one thing. Well, let's talk about sugar. Let's talk about um, yerba mate. Let, let, there are other things that could be considered performance enhancing. We talked about diretics for for a certain. For, was marijuana you referenced as a uh, diuretic? Asparagus. Asparagus. Is a mild one. Well, uh, is that a performance enhancing drug? It's something that's giving you a desired outcome, but yeah, uh, no, it's just a thing. Uh, I think the bigger <laughs> thing with bodybuilding is that it's a quote unquote sport, like it. It's a discipline to me. Yeah. Uh, that uh, rewards for the use of those things. So, of like the hardcore, actual, like so sugar, trenbolone, HGH, like all those things. So, sugar and caffeine, does that hold any influence over runners? That's 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 only my point. That I mean, that point that is, exasperated sigh is my point. Yeah, and it's a great point that I can't disagree with because when you look at caffeine just in general, it's a drug. Mhm. Like by any definition that you would give to say what is and what isn't a drug, caffeine's a drug. Yeah. Same thing with sugar. Like, these, yeah. like, I've always been on that the sugar one because that one's been a big one for me because we just put it in fucking everything. And it's like, we're drugging our children. Yeah. We are creating little addicts. Like, give me my popsicle. Like, okay, like, chill. Like, I get it. I, I've severely limited sugar for myself, but I do it so that, because I drive to and from work long distances quite often where it's just like getting kind of sleepy, whatever. All right, I'm going to grab like a fucking coffee drink or something and something to wake my ass up with and I'm grabbing a Reese's or a Snickers or something where I'm like, okay. I want the desired effect and I want the desired effect to work. Yeah. When I was driving back and forth across the country, I noticed how impossible it was to get even relatively healthy food on the road. Loves is actually a great thing for that. The truck stop loves yeah. because they have pre-cut fruits. Okay, yeah, I've seen I've seen the fruit cups. They, they are they have the them at a few cups. more places nowadays, but that's not a meal. No, no, meals are fucking horrible to get. Like I meal prep like a motherfucker okay. every weekend to bring my own food because otherwise I'm eating it chipotle mcdonald's burger king shit like that or um i'll just pack uh you know bags of cheese and salamis so like i got bags of my charcuterie bags yeah the the only I call them the only fast food place that i even touch anymore and i'm giant not a shape but wendy's is the only one that i can even oh, eat it's so good it's the only i can't eat the other ones if i do 
not a good next couple of days for me. Like I don't blame you. Like, and so it, it's 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 had to come down. Like because I was driving across the country. I don't know how many times I've driven back and forth across the country now. That's fucking awesome, though. Yeah. The farthest I've driven was... Alabama. Oh, wow. So you're mostly East Coast, then. Yeah, if I have to go for work across the country, I'm I'm straight up taking a flight. Okay. Yeah, I've driven... It's three days from here to Bend, Mm -hmm. and... I don't mind the drive. I've gotten used to it. Um, like when we just went to Pittsburgh and my friends are like, oh, Pittsburgh, it's a few hours away. And I'm like, oh, it's a three-hour drive. I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. Because no, I got two concerts coming up in Pittsburgh. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> short drive. Yep. <laughs> when I was driving in, when I was in Bend and Redmond, I had friends on the other side of the mountain. And depending upon weather, circumstance, everything else, two, three-hour drive. Mm-hmm. No matter what. And so you just get used to that. I'm going to be in the car for two hours. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, I can West stop. Coast, <laughs> the Western United States, I should say, not just the West coast is way bigger than people on the East coast think it is. Oh yeah. I, I well, I, I love looking at the dispersion on, on the East and West coast, like out here, 15 minutes. Yep. You, you 15 minutes. You're in another town. Might not be a big town, but it's another town. You drive 15 minutes in any direction on a chosen road, and then all of a sudden you have, oh, look at this. It's a grouping of even farmhouses, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I've gotten used to out here. You go out there, and I think it has to do with it was horse and buggy back here. Yeah. And that's why everything's 15 minutes apart, because 15 minutes apart back then was... Half a day. On a horse and buggy. Yep. And then... When you're out there, your average drive is hour, two, three hours. And and so you'd you you said your friend lived in a town near Bend. Yeah. And that I think it's probably about an hour to get there from outside of Bend or Redmond or anything. Mm-hmm. About an hour. <laughs> like even in Bend and Redmond, Bend and Redmond are right next to each other, 20, 25 minutes apart. Hmm. Like, and you don't have continuous habitation, relatively continuous, but not complete continuous. Like out here, you see a house. Yep. Like, and, and if you get lost out here in the woods, choose a direction and keep walking. Yeah. You will be fine by the time you get out. <laughs> like, Okay, maybe not up in Maine, New Hampshire. I've gotten lost in woods in New Hampshire recently. <laughs> really? I was on a fucking trail, too. That's the worst part. Oh. I'm like, motherfucker, how do I get lost on a trail? Yeah. Well, it was like, it goes out, and then it creates this loop, and then there's like little cuts in through these loops so you can take different Okay. Colored. It was like a red square a yellow triangle and a orange circle were the three colors of the roots and i'm like all right i'm gonna do i guess i'll do this route because there wasn't a map on the trailhead i just kind of like looked like you know a map you can take with you Mm -hmm. like the east side overland trail has and there was just like the one on the board and i'm like all right okay cool i'll go out here i'll do this one (sighs) 
I ended up doing the long one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was it? Was just marked different ways, and you got turned around, or I got turned around, and then like something was like because it was early spring. It was like early April, and I just got some like new hiking shoes, and I wanted to try them out. I'm like, let's try these out. <laughs> some awesome trail by my site, in New Hampshire. Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, Ooh, okay. Yeah, that 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 that's one thing that I I came back to Western New York, and when I was out in Oregon, I when I was living in that I mentioned I lived in Oak Ridge, Oak Ridge, tiny town in the mountains. You're out of town 15 minutes. You don't have a cell signal. Yeah, like, and me being the big guy I am. I was like, because this is during COVID and everything. This is when I said I gained a fucking hundred pounds. Like, yeah. um, I well, my buddy moved into my house, and I'm like, oh, cool, somebody I can go and go. Hey, come on, let's go here and do this. Yeah. Because before I was on my own, and I know better. Because all it takes is you walking down the wrong trail, you slip and you fall, twist your ankle, like, and you're done. And you're done. And nobody finds your truck for another week until they somebody goes down that exact road that you were on, and and so I, I didn't get to do any hiking or anything out there, which was really disappointing and didn't help my health any at all either. Mm-hmm. And then when my buddy got there, he is skinny, angry, cigarette smoking film person. Oh, who? doesn't do so much of the hiking and everything oh. and he's ex-military as well so wait oh yeah so that means he really doesn't want to go for a walk no no oh. <laughs> and so like okay cool but like that that also was disappointing because it stops me from being able to go and do that because all it takes out there is you slip in the wrong area and good luck yep like especially when you're in the mountains like that because every trail, for the most part, is right along a slope. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a scary thing. As much as I liked it out there, it was like it, it kind of came to the realization because that comparison to out here, you get lost in the woods out here. Like I said, pick a direction, walk. You'll come across a road or a human. Yep. Like, or a farm. Yeah. Like, out there, pick a direction, walk. You could be gone for months. <laughs> like,. So, yeah, that's something I've never had to deal with just walking around here. Well, East Coast, man, the entire up and down the East Coast. Like, yeah. Have you ever spent any time in New Jersey? Well, I've I've gone to New Jersey. Uh, Is that Atlantic City? Yeah. Um, I went there for, do you listen to Tim pool by any yes. chance? Okay. I'm a big fan. That's who I listen to. They had the mines convention a few years back. Okay. And I went to that and that was in New Jersey and Philly right across the bridge. And I stayed in New Jersey and I went, holy shit. I hate this. <laughs> so the traffic is absolutely fucking atrocious. Uh, Atlantic City is not the shining part of New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. North Jersey is pretty cool once you're a little bit away from the city. Yeah. But the part that I really love about New Jersey is, what well, one, the food is fucking fantastic. And I love food. <laughs> if you look at me, you'd be like, 
you look like you just eat boiled chicken and rice. And the answer is no, I don't. I work out so much because I love food. <laughs> but anything you want, you can get within an hour in New okay. Jersey. So, like, name a fucking country. You can get that country's food, and it's amazing. Okay. You might not be able to communicate more than by, like, pointing at things, but it's amazing. That makes sense. That makes And sense. also, like, I've done a lot of work there. Like, a part breaks. Oh, look, there's a local distributor. Oh. I can just drive there. Perfect. So, like, literally anything you want in New Jersey within an hour. That was kind of what I didn't like about New Jersey, but on the other aspect is that anywhere I went, not even this 15-minute stuff, I didn't see any substantial amount of woods. I didn't see any substantial in amount. South Jersey? That's where most of the woods are. Yeah, and I still thought it was pathetic. Like, that's where the they call it the Pineys. Yeah. It's big pine forest, and that's where uh, the New Jersey devil from Lord. And there was. were still houses all throughout that forest, at least yeah. the ones that I saw. Like, So I've worked. It's basically across from the Delaware Water Gap, tiny fucking town called Sparta. Mm-hmm. And it's like off the main I-80 and then drive north 15 miles. And it's pretty sparsely populated. It's like comparable to here. Okay. Maybe like a little bit less, and it's like on a lake called Lake Mohawk. But it's it's a rich community. But that's how I feel about New Jersey is that this is about as sparsely populated as you get. So if you were to drive away from there, like even farther away from the interstate, uh-huh. it gets like more like Ripley or Sinclair. Okay, okay. So like there's parts and it's like farther away from the city the cities so yeah. like that's the thing with new jersey it's like sandwiched between new york and philadelphia yeah yeah and that that because i drove to atlantic city when i was there and i was yeah. in, in near philadelphia and it was just like well i'm this close to atlantic city i don't know when i'm gonna get the next chance may as well go and yeah it, it was trash but yeah, Atlantic City is horrible. <laughs> yeah. There's way better beaches and boardwalks. Well, places. I just had to see. Like yeah. I, when you're when you when I'm somewhere new, I, I want to go see all the time. I want to go see like the local things. Like I don't want to see the touristy trap things. I want to see the local things. I want to eat the local foods. Mm-hmm. I want to try like smaller mom and pop restaurants the first time i'm there i usually go straight tourist trap okay and then when i end up back in the general vicinity (laughs) that's when i go okay local time like like try and get that that. because like i've only been in new york city twice in my life like i've been there more to care to admit but it's for work and it's usually in a ghetto part of queens (laughs) (laughs) well i've only been there twice in my life once during high school and then once last year. And so last year when I went, I did all the touristy stuff. Go to like uh, Grand Central Station or whatever and like go and walk around these other places. I want to see that stuff. I want to be the tourist, but doing those local things like I don't want to do them until after I've done that. Like, okay. I don't know. Been, been the tourist kind of thing. You want to get it out of the way? The way I feel yeah. about it is you're from around here also. So you'll get this reference is how many times has someone come around like the area 
that you know from out of town or your family knows even growing up or even now where it's like, I want to see Niagara Falls. It's like, why? Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's fucking cool. And like, I like going there, but it's like, oh, man, I've done this so much. It's like, all right, come on, let's go ride the maid of the mist. Well, I mean, I, when I, when I brought a friend out here from, uh, Oregon and I'm like, nope, we got to go see Niagara Falls. Come on. You, you don't oh, know when you, you're going to be here. You don't know when you're going to get a chance to see it again. Like, let's go. It's just a drive up. It doesn't cost anything. Like, yeah. unless you do the maid of the mist or whatever else, but it's like, I don't know. I think it's a reasonable price, or it was last time I did it. It was like thirty six bucks. I'm just cheap. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm not gonna spend seventy dollars for me and my buddy just to go and okay here maybe the mist or whatever because on top of that it's the buy the tickets wait four hours or order them beforehand and actually plan your stuff and I don't plan. <laughs> I'm not good at planning. <laughs> I'd like to be good at planning. We're like yes, this is the plan. I am not good at planning. Uh, well, that's my life. planning is just like, oh, there's this concert coming up. I'm gonna go to it. I well, I have a lot of friends that help me with my planning, and I've gotten better with it over time. Like, got to go see the Prof concert. So, do you know who Prof is? No, I do not. Tell me about. Oh, hip hop. Like, nice. uh, and it is grimy, fun, loud. Um. Like things I like. Yeah. <laughs> like I had a blast at the show. Like it was exactly what I needed. Um, I, I went to, I'm a big fan of this band Tropodelic. They're kind of localish. They're Cleveland. So I call local. that localish. Um, I'm a big supporter of Lake Erie. So yeah. yeah. And, uh, Tropodelic is like sublime. Okay. Um, very much so in the, vibe the sort of reggae tones with um some rockish sound to it mm -hmm. and they also have a hip-hop guy well uh i'm a big fan of tropodelic i went up to their concert in buffalo and i was just like damn i think i'm kind of done with concerts like and i was not expecting to feel that way but it's like i make fun of uh the Grateful Dead heads and the jam bands, like, I've heard this song before. Yes. And I got there, and I kind of felt that way about the Tropodelic concert. I usually thoroughly enjoy them in concert, but I've seen them a bunch of times. I've, I've seen them so much, and I, I, I go to a lot of their stuff, where one of their, their guitarist, Bobby Chronic, he was, uh, he, he was out after... By the way, that's a great name. Yeah, it really is, dude. <laughs> Well, Bobby was out after the show and he's like wearing a jacket with a hoodie with the hood pulled up. So like I could tell it's him. Not everybody could probably tell it's him. <laughs> like, and I see him and I go walking up to him and I'm like real inconspicuous, man. Like, and, and so I, I felt better. I con conversated with him a bit. Like it, it was a good time, but it was just like, I don't know. But then I went to that prof concert, like, shit, still feels like last night, even though I know it wasn't the night before. Oh, dude, I know that feeling. It brought it back. I was like, fuck, I just, I can't go to the same concerts over and over and over again. I need mm -hmm. to keep my variety up a bit. Yeah. But, damn, was it nice to go to that show. The energy level was so high. I've been to a lot of shows, and I know you're, like, punk 
Uh, punk and metal, mostly. Punk and metal. More metal than punk, though. Well, probably nowadays. I mean, back when. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you always liked the metal. What am I saying? <laughs> I went through a pretty good rap phase through middle school. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Well, Tupac, bro. Ah. I, the, the prof stuff, like, it's it's just fun rap. Like, Run the Jewels fun? I... I better than Run the Jewels in my oh, book. Run the out. Jewels is good. Like Run I the Jewels Run is the good. Jewels. I listen to Australian hip hop, so Run the Jewels is good. But I listen to like, do you know Atmosphere? Nope. Um, Brother Ali. Nope. <laughs> Those are like American Midwest hip hop. That's sort of okay. sort of the vein that Prof is in as well. Um, like Minneapolis. Okay. Um. But I also listen to Australian hip-hop. So, like, Hilltop Hoods, Bliss and Esso, The Herd, Seth Century. These are just Australian hip-hop artists. They have, because after the late 2000s or whatever, after high school for us. Yeah. um, 2000s when rap was very boring. Yeah, it started coming back down and it went very hard into the rap scene. In my book, like, it, like I didn't listen to Drake or any of them. Yeah. Like, it oh, was, I recently got into Aesop Rock too. Oh, okay, Aesop Rock is good though. Aesop, Aesop's kind of, um, like if you like Aesop and you like uh, Run the Jewels, you would love Prof. You, you probably, I'll, I'll send you a list because you probably would enjoy a lot of what I just mentioned there, uh-huh. um, because everything. The hip-hop scene in Australia was just starting in 2003, 2004. Nice. And so you got this real unique white boy hip-hop scene that I fucking love. And it's it's melodic hip-hop, a lot of it. So I don't know if it would be up your alley. I think Prof would be more up your alley. But, like, the hip-hop scene in Australia has choruses and verses. Okay. Like, they have their... The, the hip-hop section, the, the the song or whatever, I don't remember which is which, the verse or the chorus. The, yeah, yeah. And, and so then, but then they have a chorus, and then they have another verse, and then they have chorus. Like, so it, it's more like rock structure? Yeah. Oh. It, with hip-hop, like, in intelligent lyrics going throughout it, like, it's, it's stuff that I absolutely adore. But Prof is... Uh, his stuff is very unique, but I also met another dude there. What is it? Bayou, 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 B-A-Y-O. But his stuff, dude, positive, like positive message, telling people, telling the entire audience to smile. Like this dude, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm supportive of his stuff. But dude, the show just, oh, it was wonderful. I needed it. Good. I don't know where I'm going with any of that. <laughs> I had a concert experience like that back in November. Nice. And it was like my first concert in like fuck, close to 10 years. And what? Like, yeah. Who was it? Lorna Shore. Lorna Shore. Nope, no clue. Uh, they're, a, they're a metal band. They basically, I don't know what happened or exactly what happened, but they're former... S- vocalist, singer, screamer, whatever you want to call it, um, did something unscrupulous, possibly <laughs> with a minor. I think that's what happened. 
And uh, so they got rid of him, and they brought in this new guy from another band who I'd never heard of before, and his name is Will Ramos. And he's this little guy with amazing hair and just has these vo- these sounds that come out of him. I can't even describe. It's like a pig squealing. <laughs> and then he goes into, like, normal, like, stuff, too. Yeah. And But the way that he does it, like, it just sounds so fucking beautiful. Awesome, man. And then... So, like, they made just a three-song EP, like, to when they first brought him on, they, like, made this real fast, and it's just mm-hmm. like, damn, this guy's fucking good. And, like, Lorna Shore was good before that. Yeah. Like, their musicianship is solid for metal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fucking great. Then they made an album. And this album is... I love concept albums mm-hmm. that tell a story throughout the entire yeah, fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, perfect. And so he based it off uh, a manga that he was reading. No shit. Yes. And like he like, well, he's explained all this before. And basically, here's the concept: the guy falls asleep, and so he realizes in this dream world that he is the god of this world, <laughs> and he can do anything. Yep. And so he does all the things that you would expect someone to do as a god. And then there's a three-part thing, because the album's title is Pain Remains. So Pain Remains 1, 2, and 3 are the closers. And that's where he falls in love with someone, realizes that she can't actually see him. I'm unsure, really, if they break up or whatever, and then he burns the world to the ground. (laughs) But, like... There's a song that is there. the most manly metal thing that I, I expected to hear. Like I fell asleep. I fell in love. I created a world and then I fucking destroyed it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, <laughs> even if you were to read just the lyrics to this, like you're just like, Holy fuck. Cause like the, the lyrics are telling the story, but the underlying like music underneath it, like accompanies it so well. And it's just like, and it also, like, it hit at the same time that I was, like, coming out of the depression part of my separation prior to the divorce. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was, like, perfect album, perfect music, perfect fucking time. Nice. And then they're, like, we're going on tour. And I was working fucking just obscene shifts down in Tennessee. And... It like just came up like there's a show in Pittsburgh and I'm just like, hey, I'm gonna take off like two days early and go to the show and they're like, yeah, sure, like you've been busting your ass and we have no idea what's going on with you because like I didn't tell anyone that I was getting divorced. Yeah, I told like two people. Yeah, one of them was my mother because I was moving in with her. <laughs> <laughs> that will happen. So <laughs> kind of got to tell her. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, so I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go to this show and so I go to the show and I'm just like. This was everything I fucking needed. And like the last few shows I went to before that, like 10 years prior or whatever, like I just got so drunk out of my mind that like it was borderline a religious experience. But this one, I was like sober for the whole thing. I was like, driving Pittsburgh, driving back. Nice. Gotta stay sober. So I'm like, and I just enjoyed myself. I'm like, this is so fantastic. And nobody wanted to go with me because nobody could. By the way, there was also one of those magically fucking 
fuck you Western New York snowstorms that day. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, my mom's like, are you going to be able to get out? I'm like, got four wheel drive. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Don't worry about it. As soon as I got south of Erie, everything was fine. Ah, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that's the one thing about around here is like you can you can be snowing like crazy up on the lake. You get 20 miles south, like you're like, yep. nothing. Or you get 20 miles south, it's like, oh, hell. Oh, fuck you. We're in the hills now. Yeah, but this one's going to take forever, but... Do I turn on my flashers or do I admit I'm from Western New York? <laughs> I'm still from Western New York. Yeah, it's it's lovely being from here. It is. So, but yeah, I think we should wrap this or whatever if you're good with that. I mean, I can keep going oh, if you want. keep going as long as but, you want. I've done a three and a half hour. Oh, one. okay, cool. Then we can keep going shit. if you want. I was going to ask you about if you're going to the reunion, high school reunion. I didn't know there was one. Yep, they're doing one. They they posted it on one of the Facebook groups or whatever. So well, They didn't tell me. I'll, I'll keep uh, you informed. I'm. I guess I'm the black sheep. Well, we all are, bro. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, Lindsay lives downstairs, Lindsay Mead. I did not know that. Yeah. No. And so, like, and then, uh, so you're doing this stuff with the podcast. So the person who helped with my podcast mm-hmm. and, like, helped with uh, uh, vi- visuals. Yes. Derek Hammernick. Really? Yeah, he put it all together for me. Like, I apologize for being an asshole to him in yeah. school. Like, you know, the basics. Yeah. But, but yeah, he really has helped me out a ton with doing? it. Because I haven't seen him in probably 20 years. We all have our struggles in life. He's yes. doing good outside of that. Well, that's he's, good. he's put together. He's doing really good. Happy person overall. But. We all do have our struggles that we go through, mm-hmm. and it's not my business to share his, but, yeah, everybody has theirs, but I think he's doing really good, man. Well, I'm Tough. glad to hear that. For yeah. Um, I'm in the process of joining the Freemasons. Sweet. I actually just got voted on. I got approved. So, Sweet. Yep, I'm doing that. And so it was funny you brought up the handshake So stuff. now you can be a politician. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I also got... Uh, job up at uh the chautauqua institution this summer i did see that online, and so yeah. that should be really interesting um i mean i keep working with the cannabis industry and everything else but the cannabis industry in new york's fucked like the the how i explain it to people is the politics of new york state are not at all familiar with the cannabis industry yes at least out on the west coast Everybody out there has been exposed to the cannabis industry for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You come back out here, none of the politicians, the political types have any clue, any clue about the cannabis industry and legislate, legislating for it. Right. So like the oil, the extracts that I use, that used to be an excess product. Like they used to take the trim and like the excess leftover small buds and stuff that you couldn't really sell for a decent profit. And they would turn all that into oil. Well, out here, the way that the legislation and rules are written, they're going to charge you for this. They're going to charge you for that. They're going to tax you on this. They're going to tax you on that. And it's like, y'all don't understand the industry. Y'all don't understand how the industry was built. And so for them to do this, they are ostracizing the people who know the industry the best. 
and the, sounds like government. Yep, it really is. It's like you you hit the nail on the head. It's it's typical government stuff, and it's disappointing to somebody who's been in the industry that long. That's why I'm like, well, look at the way it was legalized here. <clears throat> what like, just forced through overnight? Like, well, this is the way I explain it. Is like I read a thing where like prior to it being legalized here, like they were doing like a study to see if it would be like economically viable or how it would work. Yeah. And it basically came back. Like it's not going to work for New York state. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid. We have so many colleges spread out throughout the state and a pretty good ski industry too. So what the fuck? Like it's legal in Canada and a lot of our ski fucking industry people like rely on Canadians to come down or people mm-hmm. from Ohio where it's also not legal. Like you're missing out on fucking money. Okay. Dot, 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 Governor gets in trouble. He's going away. By the way, weed's legal. Have a nice day. Fuck you all. Goodbye. Like, that's the way I saw it. And I'm just like, what the fuck happened? Like, and so now they're like trying to, from what I understand, seriously correct me where I'm wrong. Cause I, you know, follow it like at a skimming level. Like, okay, so it's legal now. Um, but they're trying to figure out how to set up distribution and stuff like that. And like, they haven't like approved it through other places, but basically you can have it. Um, but I know the reses are selling it, the reservations. So what they did. Um, so with what you're saying, there's a little bit more to that too. Okay. New Jersey went legal. And so when New Jersey went legal, New York city went fuck. Cause it's right across the river and went, we have to legalize this now because if we don't go now new jersey wins on all business all everything Mm -hmm. and that's when it literally got yes he got in trouble and everything but what happened right in the same two three weeks was also jersey went legal well new jersey went legal actually a while ago but i think that's just the timeline that you're referencing where Shops started opening and like the, I don't know, think registration is the right word for it. Yes. Um, but that's when the shops actually started opening and they were all applying right along the New York city border. Mm-hmm. They were all, they all wanted to be right there. And New Jersey was like, we're gonna, we want the tax money. Yep. And New York state went, we want our tax money too. But the problem was New York State had no plan. And so what they did was they simply approved the plan that was already written up by lobbyists. Okay. And so they literally took the lobbyists. lobbyists? Yep. They literally took the lobbyists' bill and approved it. Jesus, fuck. Yeah. And so that's where we got this equity stat for marijuana i'm not sure what the hell that is so right now the only people who can still apply for apply for the licenses in new york state are equity um applicants what does that mean or entail distressed farmers women minorities people previously convicted of a marijuana offense those are your four classes of people who are allowed to apply for the first group of licenses available in New York outside of hemp farmers 
who had been set up for two or more years. Okay. And so the hemp farmers were the first ones who were legally allowed to apply. And then all these equity groups, they still have not released to the general public the ability to apply. I can't apply. You can't apply. Okay. For a license yet at all. Like, no, you can't. Too bad. Um, but they allowed the dis- the distressed farmers, women, but th- that wasn't the only, those weren't the only loopholes you had to jump through. You also needed, I think, $50,000 in a bank account, 30000 or $300,000 worth of business over the past three years. What? And these weren't all the loopholes either that you had to jump through. Like there's, there's still another 20, 30 items on the list that you had to qualify as. Holy fuck. So people took them to court. People, um, there were a couple of different uh, things because equal opportunity. We're supposed to be an equal opportunity. It's supposed to be equal opportunity to start a business for anybody. Those are unfair business practices. That held it up in some extents, but didn't as well. Um, it didn't really stop anything. The New York State struck it down. They can strike it down if they want. They can take it federal. It's unfair business practices. It's It doesn't matter. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, but by the time it gets ruled on, since New York State's already struck it down, it doesn't matter. They should have more businesses. Do you know how many marijuana dispensaries legally open they have in New York right now. I honestly don't know other than the ones that are on the reservation. I think it's four and none of those on the reservation are legal. Really? They are accepted, but even according to the res laws, they're not legal. Um, but they've all tacit approval. Okay. Um, uh, at least for the res. The nearest legal marijuana dispensary is in Ithaca. That's the closest one we have open. I believe Ithaca, Binghamton, New York City, and one in upstate New York. I think we have either four or five right now that are legal. I didn't think we had any. Well, that's in all of New York State. We don't have any over here. Well, I know we didn't. (laughs) And so, yeah, there's still sticker shops up in Buffalo. There are still... um, the, the res still sells, and, and it is legal to buy it from the res. There's nothing illegal about purchasing it from the res. It's just, I don't think I don't think it's past the council's laws and approval because they don't have regulations set. Mm-hmm. And without regulations set, you know that it's not technically legal for any of the places. Um, they also don't provide testing on a lot of the products on the res. And even when they do... Are you sure the testing is up to a standard? Because it is done by technically a private nation. And so there's a lot of this stuff going on. I have friends who run the Roaring 420s Lounge out in Buffalo. Technically, they are a legal private club. They are not... I don't think they... I don't know. I don't want to speak on it. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I know this probably won't like, oh my gosh, go like to wherever. But 
Go listen to the Wonton Wednesday podcast. They're talking about the 420 Club. Yeah. yeah. But there's the Roaring 420s Lounge in Buffalo where you can legally consume on site. They do have all their protections. They are, you can go there and consume. They offer products there that have been tested through the same New York State regulatory testing agencies. And you can consume as much as you want for your membership for the club for the day. But they are a private club. Mm hmm. And so you go there, and when you join the private club, what you consume there is your choice. They're not serving alcohol or anything, and if it so happens you choose to consume cannabis on their property, that's your choice. Um, but you can't bring your own because they are a private club. They don't want you bringing in any products that they don't know about or anything. Which makes sense. Yeah. Especially when things become liability issues mm -hmm. at a club. And so... All the all the things that they have are tested, but you can go as, let's say, you're somebody who's been growing in your backyard for many years or something along those lines. You can bring your product in and donate it, and it will be tested, and it will be sure that it, then they can find out if it's safe, and then they can serve it on their menu. Mm -hmm. And so you, were, you mentioned all these colleges and everything. Uh, they didn't start up the regulation for New York state in the proper ways at all, which is very concerning to me. Um, because I know polit politics, I know the industry, I know the cannabis industry, especially. And we have these colleges and everything all across the state, a ton of SUNY schools. Yes. We we're here in Fredonia. Where do the college kids go to smoke pot in Fredonia? Fuck everywhere. I don't know. They go down by the creek, right across from the college. There's a there's a trail that leads down in between the uh, grapes. Yep. And they go right down to the creek to smoke pot. They've been doing that for 20 years. They've been doing it probably since, longer. Yeah. They've been doing it since we were in high school. Yeah. I've so for the creek many times. Okay, so you know where I'm talking about then, do you or no? I mean, I did it at different parts of the creek oh, because it's a big creek. Yes, but I'm I'm talking about one specific spot by the creek. The reason why I reference that specific spot by the creek is because if if we know where all the kids are going to smoke pot, should we or shouldn't we offer somewhere not on campus, but maybe parallel to campus nearby? Where instead of going down by the creek to consume, you can go to a lounge and consume. Where we at least we know what you're doing. We know where you are. You know, you ain't going to, you know, less stupid, more. Yeah. Controlled atmosphere. Um, Because that isn't the only part of this. The next step, I would also say, what about fairgrounds? What about the county fair? What about the state fair? It's legal to consume marijuana anywhere you can smoke a cigarette. Okay. Is that cool? I don't think a lot of people would appreciate me smoking a joint, which I've admitted I don't do currently, mm -hmm. uh, in front of their children at the fair. I'm not cool with it. Okay. Like, so what do we do? If the legislation right now says that they can smoke wherever it's it's a, it's acceptable to smoke a cigarette, what do we do about fairgrounds and all this? Maybe we should offer a cannabis tent the same way they offer beer tents. Hey, if you're going to consume well, and you're going to do that. Tent, but you can also walk around the entire fairground with that thing. With what? With your beer. No, you can't. You can't? No. I thought you could. Nope. 
go to Chautauqua County Fairground. I mean, probably been years since you've been. Probably been years since I've been. Yeah. You can't walk around the fair. You're you're in the beer garden or you're not. Oh, okay. And they do like in the grandstand. They would. I think they used to sell beer. I don't yeah, know if they still do, but that's included in the beer garden. All right. That's why they have the beer garden directly under the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think you're able to walk around the fairgrounds with a beer. I don't think so at the Erie County Fair either. Hmm. But I think it would be a better option to at least have a designated smoking area because, let's be real, you're going to have people consuming. Yes. So. I mean, I used to live on Temple Street between the bars and the college. The day that week that it opened up, I remember the first time I saw someone walking by smoking a joint. I'm like, what the fuck? And my ex-wife just looked at me and she's like, it's legal now. They can do that. I'm like, I guess they can. And it was just the weird pivot my head had to do where I'm like, shit. Because, like, I wanted to be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You're going to get arrested. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wanted to say that to him. She's like, they're they're fine. And I'm like, oh, that's so weird. And New York City presents another unique problem, whatever you want to call it. Where do people who rent apartments in New York City go to smoke? I have no idea. Out on their stoop? They, they, well, they, anywhere you can smoke a cigarette. So sure. Out on their stoop. Is that an appropriate place to smoke marijuana? Not all the time. So offering people the option to have a lounge or something similar, like the roaring four twenties lounge, which is what I'm referencing. Mm -hmm. It seems like something that needs to occur that we need to have people, and a place for people to go to smoke. The same thing at these events, the same thing at these colleges. Um, lounges have not worked out in other states. Okay. Uh, because it costs money. It costs money to run, costs money to keep that lounge open. Costs money to get there and back. Costs money for the cannabis, too. Oh, yeah, that too. And they and here they're not allowing you, if you run a lounge, you can't sell cannabis at the lounge. So that's why the Roaring 420s Lounge gives their cannabis away. You can just try it. All you have to do is pay for a daily membership. Okay. And so I would hope that that would occur other places, like allowing... The, a ro- the Roaring 420s Lounge or a similar business to go and be at the Erie County Fair, the Chautauqua County Fair, um, set up a place near these colleges because I'd rather have the lounge where we know where they're going. Mm-hmm. We know what's going to happen. We have people there to supervise, for lack of a better term, because people eat too much of an edible. I mean, uh, <laughs> I've eaten too much of an edible before and been... <laughs> set on my ass like okay sit down breathe get your get your head straight and so it is something to be aware of with the consumption of marijuana that look sometimes people do have adverse reactions to it and to have something set up where we know how people we know that there are people there with them we know people are there to pay attention to react properly 
should somebody have a bad interaction with cannabis. Mm -hmm. I think that is a good thing. I think that's a good thing too. And you just brought up an interesting point. What would a bad interaction with cannabis be? So I'm, I'm guessing you haven't ever eaten too many edibles. I've had some, but I don't think I've ever crossed the line. I think I got to the point where I'm like, I am not liking myself or the world right now, and that's very common for me. Like, oh, okay. Like, I get extremely suicidal thoughts. That's it, why I don't like it. It's it, You get very uncomfortable in your own skin kind of thing. Yeah. Like... But, like, I know you can't OD from it. You no, but you can eat too much of an edible. Okay. Um, And that you get, I, I get very uncomfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. Um, You're tired and lethargic, but at the same time, your eyes are open. And, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is a very trippy feeling. You know, like it may not be mushrooms or LSD or anything like that, but it is a, people make the joke, hold on to the world and get ready for the ride. Like, cause that's what it is. Like you, you sit there and you wonder about the world and you wonder about everything. And like, I, I found my spirit animal. I'm one of those. Uh, I'm one of those. Like, I don't even believe in that shit too much, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, Okay. What is your spirit animal call? Tasmanian devil. Sweet. Yeah. I, <laughs> it took it took some thinking about, but then I like I was sitting I was sitting there thinking about it and I'm like, you know, everybody's got these spirit animals. I don't have one, but I don't know what it would be. Everybody has one, you know, like either that's present in their life a lot or whatever. And I'm sitting there in my room and I look up and I had a tie from high school that I still had with Taz on it. Tasmanian yeah. devil. And I look up when I'm thinking about this and I see Taz and I'm like, son of a bitch, there it is. Like, and so you see, I got my Taz and like, did you paint that? No, no, no. Okay. That's an artist that I work with. And then I got the only tattoo that I have. Taz's is... face on your right calf. <laughs> right calf. Yeah. Nope. Got, got Taz down there. And so that that's what I went with. I was like, oh, I kind of like that, like, because that's kind of how I feel. Like, nice. I, I feel like the crazy, like, whatever, like, dizzy devil type character who's always, you know, could could be angry, but just kind of is uh, agent of chaos at the same time, like, and yet beloved by everyone. Yeah, not not so much angry, just an agent of chaos, like. So less the animal and more the character the the whirlwind character but yeah. uh, but i mean also tasmanian devils like they are um i i do i the, reading the spirit animal stuff like mm-hmm. they are protective they aren't necessarily just people's impression of them is this fierce angry creature like a they're, badger they're only angry when you fuck with them yeah like okay. like they're not they're not just out there like oh i'm here to fuck shit up no they're just capable of fucking shit up like, sweet yeah like that's that's what i liked about them is they're not like just some fucking angry like whatever no 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 they can <laughs> but they just are out there hunting living their normal lives like doing their thing 
So solid. Yeah. So that, that really, I mean, it resonated with me at the time and I still like kind of feel that way. So well, that's good. Definitely enjoy that idea. Cause I never liked any of the other spirit animal. Like, Oh, what? I'm a lion. I'm a tiger. I'm a bear. Nah, I'm a raccoon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I fucking love those little bastards. Yeah. It's like, so how did you decide that for yourself? Well, I mean, it changes, you know, a lot, but that one just keeps coming back. And it's just, you know, I, I used to work nights, like when I was in the Marines, like I worked the night shift on the aircraft. And so like I would work at nights and, uh, quite often they would ask me to steal things from other parts of the flight line that we needed for our squadron. Uh, so, you know, running around at night, stealing things and, uh, <laughs> generally being a hooligan and, and eating as much as I could. Oh, there you go. And, and, and that's the thing. It's one that reoccurs in your life, at least in my own mind is what a spirit animal would be, you know? And, and for me, it's the Tasmanian devil keep kept reoccurring in my own life and not just as Taz, but as literally like always wanting to learn more. And like, do you know what the Tasmanian tiger is? Yes. Was? Like yes, I do. And, and and that also came with it, at least in my own mind, as the Tasmanian tiger. Like, because it's an extinct marsupial that might still be alive in a couple of places. I do love that it is yeah. one of those mites. Yeah. And so, like, it wasn't just the Tasmanian devil, but that sort of, like, is what brought it around to me. The Tasmanian devil, Tasmanian tiger, they're, they're, they're similar. Like, I think they're both marsupials. I'm unsure of the Tasmanian tiger. I'm unsure. Because I know it's like... It kind of I know like the Tasmanian dog. tiger is a marsupial. I don't know if... Yeah, I know that it is. I don't know if the Tasmanian well, devil is. Yeah, I'm unsure on that one. Okay. But anyway about it, like... I, I know uh, canines. Canines? Yeah. yeah. Coyotes, <laughs> wolves, dogs. Yeah. Fox. Yeah, I've always been a cat person, man. Like, I, I like dogs, but I'm, I'm somebody who goes, dogs belong outside for the most part i can deal with like one dog in a house maybe a couple of small ones don't want a couple of small no one dog in the house (laughs) i had four toxins yeah well see the the, the, the little dogs are little dogs are a little bit different but like that little dogs are great because they take little poops and they need little walks but they also require all the attention of a dog which i don't mind which i do and for me, that's why I'm a cat person is because throw out food, give them a place to shit. Like you're go, go ahead and leave town for a week. As long as they got food, they'll be pretty much okay. When sounds like this cat will get its own. Yeah. Oh, she will. As long as I leave the window open. But if I don't no, like, oh, so that reminds me, I actually thought of this earlier and then we just got sidetracked massively. <laughs> Do you know why cats bring dead animals to humans? I mean, like as presents as they're trying to feed you because you don't, they don't ever see you hunt for food or anything. Yeah, so they don't see you hunt for food. So they, cat psychology is such that they think that we're hairless, shitty hunters. Yeah. And so they need to feed us. Yeah. Well, I, I kind right here, of. I brought you this because you need to eat, fucker. I kind of believe that except for the whole thing of her bringing fucking live animals to me still. Maybe like she just wants to see if you can kill. She wants to play with them a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. She brings toys like the, the we had the mouse that she brought in the other day is this big. It's a baby mouse. Like, mm-hmm. 
and it's probably still alive in my house right now somewhere. I haven't found the dead animal's skull because she'll eat the rest of it when they're that small. She might even eat the whole thing. But that's uh, mom. Mom's calling. Hey, mom. <laughs> By the way, I like your mom. Yeah, mom's awesome. Tell her I said hi. Her, her and her man just got married. I did see that yep. on Facebook. Her and Sammy Genuso, if you yep. remember Big Sam. he, he yep. They finally got together. Fucking, what, more than 20 years they've been together. Yep. So, I mean, it's on and off, but whatever. Like, that's still. But I'm glad they're happy. There's they, one of the chicks escaped, so they have chickens now, nice. and and we bought a bunch more chicks, and so they have chickens, and one of them escaped and is under the toolbox, and I don't know why that's a big deal. I don't know either. Yeah, I would just. It wait. might make more sense when you get there. I'll bet you a dollar. By the time I get there, it's probably out from underneath there. That sounds like a solid bet. Like, and if not, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a stick. <laughs> you know, poke it out. Yep. I ain't going to reach underneath the fucking toolbox. I'll probably only be able to get, like, barely my wrists underneath there. Like, yeah, yeah. I need somebody more spry than me. No, you need somebody tiny to be able to reach under the toolbox. Like, and now, honestly, that's sketchy reaching under that toolbox. I don't care. I know how much weight is in those things. Like, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Well, if it hasn't fallen yet, the chances are slim. Yeah, I get that. I don't care. Like, that, that, that just, man, those old, like, it's an old, what is it? The S, snap-on toolboxes. Yes. It's so funny because people still want, like, he still wants, like, hey, if I'm sell my snap-on, it's worth $10,000 or whatever the fuck he thinks it's worth. Right. And it's like, we're past that time in, in our... Everyone offers a guarantee on tools. Everyone has sells nearly the same things now. Mm-hmm. The it's only like, ones I don't like are from Harbor Freight. See, my friends were just telling me that like some of the stuff, it's just like, go buy it at Harbor Freight. If you're going to use something once or twice, it's worth it. Okay. If you're going to use something in a professional capacity like I do for work. Oh yeah, no. It's not worth it. I do, well, you see, I'm not that's not my area of expertise. Yeah, like if you like, if you really just need to use something once or twice and you just need it around the house. Yeah. Yeah. They have it. Um the like, only that's thing That's fine. The only thing I'm buying from my buddy Chase that he has extra of is uh the hell is it? Not just a drill, but the more powerful drill. What the fuck is it called? A uh, hammer drill? Yes, but no. Um, it is like the hammer drill, but it's it's. there's another word for it or whatever. There's a different word. Is it an impact? Impact, yeah. Oh, okay. Impact wrench, yeah. But the same fucking thing. Like, it's just better. And. I'd argue for the money, the Ryobi ones at Home Depot are massively better and around the same price of the impacts. I'm getting, I think, a DeWalt, and I'm going to get it dirt cheap secondhand. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Harbor Freight ones. Yeah, DeWalts are great. Yeah. Uh, that's Well, that's what he has an extra of. It's my buddy Chase, who I do the podcast with. Yeah. Um, he 
So this is the reason he do and I have do, any episodes out yet. No, we don't because of the, that cancellation and stuff. Like okay. I have one episode done and split into three and everything and ready to go. But we wanted to be able to pump out episodes every week. Yes. And beyond that. And when that screwed up, we don't even have a studio now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do have an extra room and so does Chase, but then it's the start of summer and that's the start of work. He works construction. So. Yep. It's the start of all everybody's busy season, and so it's like, fuck, of course this was going to happen. Like, as soon as we got stuff set up, then we lose it. I will say my little starting adventure was rough, too. So, like, I bought the stuff, made the website, like, got everything set and ready to go. I did one. So I did the first one, and then, like, I'm just like, fuck, like, who am I going to talk to? So then, like, I talked to a guy that I worked with and did the second one. And I'm like, fuck, this is going to be hard. Cause like <laughs> I did one at home on a weekend when I never have time. Chance of me finding more people is going to be slim. I'm like, I did one on the road. I'm like shit, what am I going to do? So like I figured out a way to like through that board, like talk to people and like record through there. Like, cause it's got Bluetooth. Oh, okay. so I connected my phone and they called and we recorded that way. I talked to a, uh, guy that i didn't know uh who's a author but he's also a former marine and he just writes hilarious fucking sci-fi that you have can, marines in it you can connect bluetooth to this yep that button right there bluetooth yeah i think i gotta get one of these boards or you can direct connect a phone in yeah, or a usb i see that holy cow yeah i think i need one of these that's a good board to have. Yeah, I'm sure there's comparable ones, but like I said, it was like 400. That's a good. Well, that's a good price. That's a good board. That's it has great sound quality too. Like the marketing guy for my company, like he's listened to a few of these. He's just like, dude, you're fucking, your your sound is amazing. Well, what do you have? I'm like a fucking sh- microphone and this board is like, yeah, you're doing great. That's what I was saying about when I was comparing these microphones with this Mm -hmm. is because these are vocal setup microphones, unidirectional mics. Yes. And so this, it works and everything and it's unidirectional as well, but without it running through a soundboard, I hear the difference in quality Uh instantaneously. And so for the price point for that, it's like, and for what it does, dude, like, yeah. And then like, I, yeah, I got all this stuff, and did you see it when I opened up the this case? Like, I have this case just so I can carry this around because, you know, I do them on the road after work. Like, people will call me, which is what I've done a few of. But then I just shove it in here. Yeah. And this is just a pistol case from Harbor Freight. Nice. So, like, it's just like a pellet. Okay, case, and you just and you cut it out. Yeah, tear, it tear away foam. Yep. And awesome. And it's waterproof, windproof, all that stuff. So it's like basically a, a pelican case, but it's a Harbor Freight brand one. Dude. And yeah, that's my travel setup. Well, yeah, I am gonna call this now. We've been do- talking for two hours, <laughs> but I will say this. You need somebody else to talk to, bro. You know I'm always here. I love what you're doing. I think this is brilliant. I'd be happy 
to dig into any of my other conspiracies or dig into any of that stuff a lot deeper because I think we could probably go for hours on LBJ and JFK. Sweet, I'm down. We could probably do multiple hours on the... I know I could do multiple hours on the Expanding Earth stuff because there's a lot of data on that that Mm -hmm. to me is just... I love sharing it. And the Electronic Universe stuff, I would love to get into that in further detail. Hell yeah, dude. But I I got to do more research on the James Webb Space Telescope and what that keeps showing us because, dude, every day it comes out with something new about, oh, nope, this is this is something new and crazy. And so I hope you get a response to this. Um, please share it with me. I can share it on my Facebook, and I will oh, I share it everywhere will. else because I know that, my friends do watch and listen to this stuff, and so I real I'm I'm enthusiastic to do it. Like sweet. So if you ever need somebody, don't hesitate to get a hold of me. And also, if you ever are looking for somebody specific for something specific, like for instance, my buddy who runs the 420 Lounge, yeah, he could probably give you a whole rundown and do all this stuff and tell you more about the cannabis industry and what they're doing than I could, and he's up in Buffalo, and I know he'd be more than happy to have you. Sweet. So well, I'd definitely be interested in that because things that I don't know about interest me. I, I know. Yeah. I know. We, 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 have, we have that similar personality type in that stuff. It's because you're an Aquarius, right? Yeah, I was gonna. I was actually Me just too. gonna give you shit about that and go. I don't know what you believe on all that, but uh, uh, you're. The uh, thing you're that I've been. Are you February first? Thirteenth. Thirteenth. Okay, you're the end of Aquarius. Okay. Yeah. So no, the thing that I've been looking and hearing more into uh, the human design one. Which one? What do you mean? What do you... So it's like your birthday and time of birth on that day. Oh, that I, shit. Yeah, my lady friend Kelly was telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, so I want to like, but I've, I've heard some like interesting stuff about it from a, from, I don't know how the hell to describe uh, that place, but basically I got into them from workouts, but they're just so much more like an art collective too. Yeah. It's called Nonprofit. Okay. So hmm. basically for like the quick rundown is the guy who, kind of started it was a mountain climber in the 80s and 90s his name mm-hmm. is mark twight and then he got into other things too like he has a lot of interests his college roommate was greg glassman who started crossfit oh no shit so okay. the guy is like really good at working out too because like he stayed in shape and like he did insane first ascents and um unbeaten time trials up my mountains like as a mountain climber Dude is super fucking. That's fit. fucking He's balls super deep, dude. Now. Like, <laughs> but this is how insanely good a shape and how much he knows about working out is. Have you ever seen the movie called Three Hundred? Yeah. So he trained all the actors for Three Hundred. I, I think I've heard of him before. Then yes. for some reason, so he did. So Three Hundred was a Zack Snyder movie. Zack Snyder mm-hmm. did the DC universe movies that yeah. everyone's pissed now that he got fired and there. Yeah. Was. And his was pretty good. Honestly, yeah. I don't like DC. So Zack Snyder also had him do all of those superheroes too. No shit. Yep. And he's like, he's like, I don't want to be a movie workout guys. Like Henry Cavill, the Superman Henry, raved Henry about Cavill his Superman. trainer and stuff for that yep. stuff. Uh, Jason Momoa is Aquaman. Oh, Jason Momoa. I've liked him since fucking Stargate Atlantis. So Jason Momoa is Aquaman. He also did him too. And like, it's not just him. So there's uh, two other people 
that pretty much do it with him. Like the younger guy, his name is Michael Blevins. Mm -hmm. He's about our age. Yeah. And like, but he's been working out with Mark and like doing a business with him for decades now. Awesome. And his wife, Aaron, Aaron Blevins is a nutritionist. (laughs) And so so like, if you're ever interested in like the insane carnivore diet, like that's that's where I want to head to some extent. I will send you their Instagram. Please do. Like they're fucking fascinating. Dude. The stuff that they write about strength, endurance. And then the other one is called capacity. Mm -hmm. Like it just kind of like takes the normal things that you know about it. And like, twist not twist it but like tilts your head to look at it a different way yeah and so like you can do it correctly like their endurance manual basically it's like you know the theory behind it which intrigues me more than like the actual workouts yeah but to do endurance correctly like endurance you have to have love in you (laughs) whereas like strength is just holding it's like the ability to hold and like brace against things yeah and then like capacity is like your ability to do a high amount of work and how long you can do that for that's the capacity of it okay so it's like but yeah they'll like train you for it but like you're also reading the theory like it's fucking i like how they have separate definitions for each term like you just like you just stressed there yeah but they also have or it's not just they have but also what they do do like they also go they're based out of salt lake city oh, nice. and they go like out into like whatever and they do photography like at a high level because mm-hmm. as a mountain climber when mark twight was he got into photography because to be sponsored and all that you have to articulate and take beautiful photos so he's climbing mountains taking beautiful fucking photos <laughs> of his fellow climbers wow and writing like wonderful articles about it dude so like it's like art collective. It's like working out. It's philosophy. It's like fucking amazing. Dude. Yeah. Well, let's kill it there. All right, man. Do you have a closing thought then? Um, with you bringing up the art stuff, I think, I think it would just be, it would be like, and I hate it. It's going to be cheesy and it's going to be whatever, but find the beauty in everything. Like, and it is because they like you see around me, there's yeah. all sorts of art. I love art. And that's, we talked about the concerts. And I went to another concert and I wanted to find the beauty in the one that I'd been going to many times. And I did, which is I wanted to work that concert. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, oh, sell drugs or whatever. No, I mean, I love the music and I love being there. And it was around people I know and I'm friends with. And I wanted to be there still. But I could, I, I'm past the point of just sitting there to enjoy their music. Yes. Whereas the prof show I went to, I found the beauty in that, in that I was there and I was part of the experience and it was a new experience for me and it was very unique. And like I said, loudest show, loudest, I don't know if I said this, loudest crowd I've ever been at at a show. Mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of shows and I've heard a lot of crowds, but there so much passion in all that. And so finding the beauty in all these little experiences, no matter what it is, I enjoyed myself at that show, talking to new people, doing a new thing. And so just a reminder to look for it. You can always find it yeah, and it's there. 
And so thank you for doing this with me. I had hey, thank an you amazing for time, man. Like, it's, and it's great to see you. It is. It is. And we got to do this again now, now that you got your stuff set up. And we definitely will. Hopefully I'll have you on mine or maybe we'll all go up to the 420 lounge and have a mutual fucking cast. Hey, I got, there's four ports we can plug into and I got three mics and buying another mic would not be an issue for me. Yeah. So same here. So that, that thing and awesome. I'll fucking share a mic with someone if they want to. Well, yeah, well, I mean, if we did it up at the lounge and we did me, you, my buddy Chase, and uh, then the person who runs the lounge, that would be four of us, so it would be awesome. So, but all right, dude. Well, thank you so much. Please fucking feel free to keep as much of the recording as you want. I don't care if you keep the part with me on the phone. (laughs) I don't care, bro. Whatever you want to do, man, that's fine by me, so you know. So, but yeah. All right. (laughs) Have a great day. (laughs) Thank you for the wonton. (laughs) Woo!